0: Welcome to Pierce's Podcast, I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 257, another update episode. Yeah, are you sure it's
1: 257? We're... I feel like we already did 257. Is it possible? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it is 257. It, maybe
0: though. it's the fact that we were gone for a little bit. Yeah, and being gone for a it week. It felt like a long time. Yeah,
1: I mean, we really only missed one episode. But yeah, it felt, it felt a little... Uh, a little intense because we've never missed an episode. We've always had something uh, a couple of years ago, we took like a break over Christmas time. So we had like some compilation episodes we threw together, but we still put in work and we threw together a compilation. So that, that was the first like Wednesday where there was, there was just nothing.
0: <laughs> but it's okay. Now we also didn't have any, a couple YouTubes. I think that's what made it right. Cause we're always dropping. So if you haven't yet checked us out on YouTube, make sure hit that subscribe button, make sure to smash that like button and hit that bell notification. Cause we're dropping episodes every Monday. We have a money, 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 mini. I guess we can call it that. And, uh, every Saturday it's some kind of sourcing or some kind of practical video. And then we drop our podcast every Wednesday. Yeah. All right. So what's been going on with you? I got a lot to say. Yeah.
1: I'll uh yes, I guess I'll go first. Then yeah, things have been good. Um, you know, initially, so this was my first week back at school last week. I mean, it kind of was a little bit nice not not having to record last week just because um going back and actually having kids again, because I've I've been back for a couple of weeks, but we haven't had students yet. And then just trying to get it all figured out. And, and I mean, a lot of these students in class, like they haven't been in a classroom in a couple of years, almost like a year and a half. And so trying to get them back in routines and the amount of work that I had, I was a little bit, I felt like overwhelmed last week, uh, but I was still able to on the Saturday before go sourcing this last Saturday, I actually spent listing. So my initial plan was to take one day a week. It was going to be Thursdays to be my listing day where I'd go up to my shed, turn on my generator and the air conditioner and just list for a couple hours. But as it is, I mean, with a newborn at home and uh, all the stuff, a brand new school year starting, it, it's been tough to give up a, a weekday to do that kind mm-hmm. of work. And so, of course, we're still selling, we're still going and packing. But to say, like, okay, like I'm going to come home from work. I've, I've been up since 3 45 in the morning and I get home around like five and I'm going to go spend three hours source or listing. I mean, it's just, it's it was a lot. So, what I decided is I'm going to for the next couple of weeks until I really can get into a routine at school, I'm going to be doing every other week, Saturdays, one week sourcing, one week listing. Now that's not optimal. But the reason I can do that is because I have a pretty good backlog of items that I was able to source over the summer. And so I'm sitting on items that can make me a lot of money. And sure, I can go out and I could source more, but then my death pile grows and I don't feel like I'm being very efficient. So um, I've... Right now, I'm just kind of alternating sourcing, listing, sourcing, listing, and every other week, and and of course shipping and selling throughout. So, uh, but this- is it nice to just still have a steady inflow? You know, oh yeah, have income. No, oh, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what, that's one of the great things about it is um, it's doing it part time. I have the f- the flexibility and the freedom that I can kind of decide how much I want to make. Right, if I really wanted to, I could I could be working sixty hour weeks, seventy hour weeks. Right now, I'm already probably working sixty hour weeks. But I could be working another 70 hours a week by reselling more and I'm going to make a lot more money or I can decide, you know what, I'm just going to put an extra five hours this week and make a little bit of money. And because I've been able to use a lot of the information we've learned over the the last couple of years with our level up reviews on, you know, wealth management and financial literacy, uh, I'm not in a place where I need to make a bunch of money reselling or I'm in trouble. Now, if this was my only job, well, then, of course, the 60 hours a week that I'm putting in you know, between teaching and the podcast and sourcing and listing and all that stuff would be just on eBay. And I'd be doing just fine with that too. But I would have to focus there. So no matter what I'm putting the work in, I just get to as a part-time reseller decide how much of that work is going to be, you know, bringing in extra money. Because that's really what it is at this point now. I mean, I've been able to pay off so much debt because of reselling. And so that's a good place to be. And I, I mean, I've seen a lot of things recently that, you know, have kind of mentioned that idea of like, you can't really overestimate or explain the value of having financial independence and not being so dependent on you know because you've got so much debt you have to have this much money and you have to have this when you've got a little bit more independence like the freedom that gives you is mm-hmm. great because then you could say you know i don't want to make more money or not but i'm okay because i've controlled and i've used discipline and i've used all the techniques that we've learned uh, but it's been nice because i love sourcing it's my favorite part of reselling uh, so by doing this every other week thing, I'm kind of pushed a little bit more to burn through my death pile because <laughs> my thing is, motivation. once my, once my death pile is gone, then I can start sourcing every week. Right. Because, you know, now I can start building up some more and then do some listing. But while I've got, you know, over a hundred items in a death pile right now, like I need to, I need to get those listed first. So uh, it, it's a pretty good place to be that motivation of, I want to get out and do some garage sales. But, uh, but yeah, I mean. Hitting up those garage sales, having a good time and uh and and garage. taking pictures.
0: <laughs> I haven't been in a long time. Yeah. Well, it seems like a long time. It's been like three weeks, but it seems like a while. Yeah, it's a so. long time. All right. Hey man, how you doing? So, you know, I had mentioned this in my if you haven't caught that YouTube video yet, uh, the one where I mentioned about the 10 items I sold for over a thousand dollars profit. I had talked about how I got sick and the, the reason we haven't been able to record is just I didn't want Mike to get sick and we couldn't be in the studio together and kind of you know, we didn't want to deal with all the technical issues we dealt with. When we were on the road and we appreciate all the awesome feedback we received from you guys that even though we we're on the road, you, you still appreciated the podcast. So thank you guys. Uh, but yeah, guy, you know, I haven't been this sick in a long time and, uh, you know, I was sleeping like 14 hour days and it was kind of rough. My sleep cycle is totally thrown off. Uh, But here's the thing. Here's here's what's crazy. eBay is not passive income, but it can still function like passive income. Right. And this is why I'm a big promoter of having a large inventory, because having a large inventory gives you the ability to step away and still have sales. Right. As long as you're picking up items that people are wanting to buy right? Even if I'm, and I'm going to say some controversial things here in a moment about eBay and listing and all that. Well, I think it's controversial. Maybe not, not a big deal, but here's the thing. I got to the point where like, I just, I, I couldn't list. Like I could, I could, you know, I could pack things when they, when they're ready to go and, and, you know, have someone pick them up and whatever and stuff like that. But I couldn't, I just I didn't have the mental capacity uh, to take pictures and to list. And, you know, I couldn't go to my helper because I'm not going to, you know, uh, interact with my helper. I just kind of just stuck to, you know, just relying on the inventory I had. Now, I had mentioned uh, in our last update episode how my sales were really slow. Right. And that you know, some of you some of you had mentioned putting your store on sale for a limited time, which I, I was already in the works of doing that. And so I decided to put everything at twenty-five percent off. And I didn't list at all. I have not listed, and I wanted to try this out because I wanted to see is my little experiment gonna work. So for three weeks, for three weeks, I've not listed a single item. But I have accepted pretty much let's say anecdotally 90% of my offers and they've been decent offers. I have not accepted offers that are below 50%. I've not accepted offers that are really low ball. I've accepted decent offers. And guess what? I made more money in the month of August than I made in June and July when I was listing consistently every day. Yeah. Summer slowdown might be ending part of it. I don't, here's my thoughts on this. I think, I think part of it is that, I think well, you know, I don't believe in summer slowdown, but I, if it were to exist, I think part of it is that that people are now buying, but I think sell through rate is more important than listing. I think this is just the, I have no data except my own experience on an anecdotal evidence. Yes, that as long as you are consistently selling items. The algorithm will keep pushing sales, keep pushing sales because eBay wants their fees, right? eBay wants to make money on items that you're selling. And, and you know, yeah, the 25% off helped. But I think the fact that I was like, you know what? I just need to make money. I don't have the time, you know, to, to list or the energy to list. I'm just going to just keep selling. And I just kept selling and I just kept selling. And even once I was fine, I still didn't list. I was like, I am not gonna list anymore. I'm just gonna keep moving and keep keep you know accepting offers. And still this last week had a great week of sales. So I wanna let you guys know. I, I'm hundred percent I, I think listing is important, but I think if you had to choose between the two, which is gonna bring you more sales, it's accepting offers. Yeah. It's consistently having sales. It's
1: gonna be a I mean, so for sure, for as far as the idea of like triggering the algorithm. Uh, But one of the things is you're not going to be able to accept a lot of offers unless you have a lot of listings. So like one has to come first. Well, that's what I mean. You need to have a large inventory. Yeah, you've you've done the upfront work. I mean, that even goes to that idea of passive income, right? Like it's not passive in the sense of you're now reaping the rewards. It's like it's like a farmer, right? Like you plant the seeds <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you water it every day and you take care of the weeds. And then like months later, you get to like, oh, look, just stuff just came out of the ground. Food. I have food. It came out of nowhere. It's like no, you, you put in the work and now you get to reap the benefits. So that is one of the nice things about having that big inventory is you've put in the work ahead of time so that when you have that time of I'm kind of in a bad place, that money's coming in.
0: Well, you know, what what triggered this, too, was I have a good friend of mine who listens to the podcast. He's, he's moved to Utah now. And I remember running into him at the post office this past summer. And I hadn't seen him for like three months or so. And I said, hey, how are sales? He's like, they're good. I'm like, so you've been able to source and list a lot of stuff. He's like, uh, Orlando, I haven't listed in six months. And I was like, what? And And this is a full-time seller, has a house, pays a mortgage, pays bills but he has a larger inventory and he's like, Orlando, I, I, I haven't listed in six months. I've just been going on the inventory that I have. I've been accepting offers and things have been good. Now he was doing other things. Now he was getting into baseball cards and, and maybe crypto and a few other things. But what he was telling me was like, as long as I kept making sales, the sales kept coming. And so when I decided to go 25% off on my, on my store. Right. And it started working. And once I started feeling better, I was like, and the sales kicked in. I was like, you know what? I'm going to let this 25% off ride. I'm going to see how long I can make this happen. So it's been three weeks. I haven't listed and I'm doing well. And and starting today, I am going to start listing and I'm going to get back to normal. You know, I've already set up a drop off with, with my helper and things are going to go back to normal. But I want to say this again I 100% believe. Sell the rate is more important than listing. If you disagree, let us know in the comments. Let us know your experience. Was there a time that you just didn't list and you just kept selling and it just kept happening over and over and over again? Let us know in the comments. Now, hey, have you used the new eBay coupon thing where you create coupons? I haven't done it yet. What about you?
1: So I did. Well, we've talked a lot about it. I mean, one of the nice things. So if you're if you're following us on or supporting us through buymeacoffee.com, it's a great way to support us. I mean, we... Um, we don't have as many ads as we used to have with with the podcast side. And so it's challenging for us to take time out of our day to do this. We have several of our listeners who who really support us by going to buymeacoffee.com and you know paying, you know, maybe $5 a month or some sometimes people even choose to do more than that. And again, we don't create like extra content. We're not putting our stuff behind a paywall. Uh, but we have the opportunity sometimes to meet with those followers, those, those listeners who are supporting us and say, you know, hey, like, let's get together. Let's do a quick Zoom. And they're usually like a half hour or so. And during one of those Zoom sessions, we were able to talk to some of our supporters about their use of the coupons. And we've had mixed reviews. Some some were very successful, some not so successful, which is good too. Like One of the nice things about having a community like that is you get to really see what works for some and not others and, and how different, you know, people do things. It's really great. So again, thank you to all of our, our supporters through buymeacoffee.com. If you'd like to do we have a link below if you want to say like hey thank you Mike and Orlando for all the the content you put out there we really really appreciate it it's very very helpful for us so uh yeah so it or you can coupons. sign up.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. Before we get to that, or you can sign up for a yearly or monthly membership. Appreciate all you guys have been signing up. I do believe we are going to have another one this month, another Zoom call. Uh, You know, none of us get sick. Everything works out. We should be all good. So uh, the way that will work is we'll message you guys over buymeacoffee.com. You have to be a member to get that message and the Zoom info. So we're looking forward to another one. We had a larger meeting this last time. So we're looking forward to more people. So if you haven't signed up yet, like, go to slash pure hustle or you can go to the link below and you can sign up there. All right. So out of that, buy me a coffee discussion was about coupons. So, you know, I decided to experiment. So I decided over Labor Day weekend that I was going to create a Labor Day like sale. Mm -hmm. So I I will say, I I do wish the, the interface was a little better. I mean, it was, it was all on one page. It wasn't that hard, but like there was one thing, like it said that your, your coupon coupon had to be more than eight, eight characters or something. And I didn't know what that meant, but it meant that the coupon code had to be eight. Right. Right. I don't know. Maybe I again, I was sick. So maybe I was just slow to, you know, catch on what was happening, but you know, you have to have a logo put on there. there there's a few things that, you know, you have to prep, but once you get it done, it's good to go. So I sent out a coupon to pretty much anybody that's bought things from me over the last three months. So there's two ways to do the coupon. One is you can create it and you print it out and you put it in the package when you ship it out. So the buyer gets it. Or after the fact, you can send it. Now, I do wish that eBay allowed you to bulk send coupons online. It doesn't let you do that. I had, or maybe they do. Let us know. Maybe I missed something. But I kept looking. But the only way to do it was to click on send coupon and then you send it. And I had to do that for every single one. So I went through my last 90 day of sales, sent out the coupons. You know, Labor Day weekend, I think I offered 15 or 20% off. I, I want to say it was probably 15% off. I didn't get a single. Like, not one. Now, that was a very short amount of time. Three-day weekend. Who knows? Maybe it didn't matter. I'm going to try again one more time. I do think the better way to do it is to print out and put in the package. Maybe. I mean, to be honest, I get, like,
1: through Amazon. I feel like that's where I get most, like, those coupons and things.
0: A lot of times, like, if you're unhappy
1: with this product, please contact us and not Amazon. You know, and... I which is totally
0: against the terms of service I never, on Amazon. I
1: never like use any of those things. I mean, maybe if it's like a, a product or a company that I'm like, man, I really like, like this company is like, they make great coffee or whatever it is that I bought off of Amazon. Like, sure. I'll use this coupon, but usually I'm just, if I'm going to buy again, I'm just going to go on Amazon. It's too much hassle to deal with that stuff. I, I maybe use one or two out of the hundreds of coupons I've gotten through Amazon. But again, I'm not a huge couponer. So maybe, maybe the people who you're sending stuff to. And again, if people are buying stuff on eBay, there's a good chance they're looking for deals. I think you're gonna have better luck with this if you've got a very specialized store, right? You're like I sell uh, potted plant covers, right? And people buy that, and it's like coupon from another potted plant cover. And if people are into that thing, then then great. But again, we've talked to people during our our Buy Me a Coffee Zoom session where they've got a very eclectic store of lots of different random items and coupons have done well for them so i don't know i think it's a good idea to keep playing with it and practicing it i like i sell a lot of board games and i sell a lot of like Mm -hmm. certain niches so it might be worthwhile for me to add coupons for those because uh yeah i mean i might be able to get some return
0: buyers who knows and we'll see i'm gonna try it out one more time i i've always been of the belief that when people buy stuff on ebay it's different than on amazon i think people on ebay they just go for that one time. Item that they're looking for and they don't really care who's selling it now (laughs) i'm gonna say is gonna go against everything i just said i do have you know groups of people i have harley buyers that are repeat harley buyers for me i have hawaiian shirts i have you know plenty of buyers that you know they're always on the lookout for my new rain spooner shirts uh so i do have i do have like i guess my group of repeat buyers but i never have to send them a coupon like they usually pay full price for my items so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let us know your experience with coupons down in the comments below. All right. Any, uh, random stories on your end? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of cool with the last, uh, set of
1: garage sales that I went to. Um, sometimes I go to garage sales and I'm finding nothing but stuff. I mean, sometimes it's profitable things, but things that I'm not interested in. So I still buy it. I still, you know, I sell you shoes, right? So it's great whenever I find a nice pair of Uh, Merles or I find a nice pair of Nikes or something that's going to sell for a lot of money. So it's not that I'm not excited about finding them, but when I find things that are like in my, my, my personal interest, that's when it's really exciting. So I went to one garage sale and I showed, uh, in my last video, I didn't do like my normal, like actually going to all the sales. I kind of just did a, here's my haul with a little bit of clips of, of the garage sales. And it was really neat at one garage so i walk up and i see a rowing machine and i've wanted a rowing machine for a while mm-hmm. just because um I, I have a personal gym now i've talked about it in the past of buying all my gym equipment pretty much at a garage sale which was awesome it's an incredible deal um but when i used to have a gym membership the, the rowing machine was like the only form of cardio that i actually enjoyed uh and, and there you can get inexpensive rowing machines for like 250 300 and then you know expensive ones like you know several thousand dollars right it's like it's like a, a a cycling bike, right? Like you can get the exercise bikes that are a couple hundred bucks and then you can get the Peloton, right? Like there's mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. there's levels, but even an inexpensive rowing machine, like the cheapest price is gonna be several hundred dollars. And I walk up to one of the garage sales and I see a rowing machine out. And I'm like, you know what? Why not? Normally I wouldn't even ask, cause I'm like, they probably want like a hundred dollars for this. I'm yeah. not spending a hundred dollars for something like this. So I'm like, why not? I'm, I said, so uh, how much for the rowing machine? And they said $20 and it's in really good shape. And I'm like, oh, man. And I'm listening to him talk a little bit like, yeah, it was a pandemic purchase and we never really <laughs> used it and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, which okay. may be happening again. You might be able to. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, for sure. And so I'm like, how about $15? And then you, you don't have to worry about taking it back into the garage or dealing with it anymore. And they're like, sure, why not? And so I bought a rowing machine for fifteen bucks, and I looked up this model, and it's it's again one of the the less expensive ones. So two hundred fifty dollar rowing machine, but I'm planning on using it personally. But then that's my backup plan is if gyms shut down again, which I have a feeling that it, it's not unlikely that gyms are going to start shutting down again. Yeah,
0: uh, it, it. I mean, in California, it's looking like yeah people are moving in that direction. Yeah, for sure. So my thought
1: is I'm going to use it personally, and if it gets to the point where Things are out of stock again and this all of a sudden is selling for six, $700. Yeah, I'll sell it because I paid $15 for it and I'll buy a nicer one when the market comes back down, you know. Uh, but that was cool. But then it was really neat because I went to another garage sale and this person looked like a collector. And you know when you go to like your garage sale and they've got like lots of, you know, whatever the theme is, like comic book stuff or Marvel stuff. And, and you could tell like they usually want top dollar for their things. Like it's I've got the, a lot of Star Wars stuff. It's
0: feeling yeah. when you show up, like you see the ad and mm. and It doesn't really tell you. It just says, hey, some comics. You show up and everything's neatly organized in boxes. Yeah. And And they've got like collector things like up on in display boxes. And
1: it's cool, but not for garage. Yeah. You usually know that they're going to want top dollar. So I'm at this garage sale and I see a board game that I've never actually seen in person. It's one that I've wanted to play. And new on eBay, it's, the game's called Twilight Struggle, and it's oh, a I game. I us to
0: say Twilight. <laughs> no, yeah,
1: it's Twilight Struggle, not the <laughs> the you know, game that you find everywhere. Every thrift store has the Twilight Trivia or whatever it is, man. It's Twilight insane. Saga. Twilight Saga, yeah. So, but Twilight Twilight Struggle is a board game about the Cold War, and it's a pretty complex game. Like it takes like it's probably like a five or six hour game. I don't know. It's one of those ones that like you got to find the right people to play with, and it's like a long full night of playing. And I've never bought it because it's one of those games where I I know that's going to happen. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to play it once or twice. It's going to be fun. But it's like a $60 board game. It's anywhere from $60 to $80 depending on the edition you're buying. And it's not a super popular one. You're not going to find it at Barnes & Noble. You're not going to find it at Target. And those are good. Those stores are starting to get better like niche board games. But this one is one you're going to have to get online. And I'm like, oh, man, how much? So I asked like how much for the game? And he said $10. And I talked him down to five. And so then I'm looking around and he also had Diablo, the Battle Chess Edition. These sell for like $30 to $40 on eBay. And I picked up that for $5. And then I bought an entire box of comic books. And the reason I bought this box is I don't really know anything about comic books. I mean, I know a little bit, but I'm looking through and I'm like, who knows? You know, they probably aren't worth tons of money. But then I see he's got multiple sets of... Um, the Ender's Game. So Marvel like did a, a crossover with Ender's Game, which is like one of my favorite books. Specifically, Ender's Shadow, which is an offshoot of that. And he had Ender's Game, Ender's Exile, Ender's Shadow, and like there's two different versions of each. And he had entire sets, both editions, all the way through. And I'm looking these up, and these sell for like a set of five of the comic books, you know, twenty to thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, there's there's like thirty Ender's Game comic books in here, thirty or forty Ender games comic books. And I could sell them in lots of five for 30 bucks, right? So I'm like, this, how much you want? And he's like, oh, I don't know, a couple dollars each, or you could just buy the whole box for 10 bucks.
0: What? So that, That's a huge difference. If there's 30, a
1: couple dollars each at 60, and then he just went to 10. Plus there were tons of other comics I don't know anything about. So I was able to pick up Ender's Game comic books, which I love Ender's Game.
0: Specifically there's Ender's a movie, Shadow. right? Yeah, the, the movie's terrible. But, oh, I, I like the movie. It was yeah, good. Well,
1: okay. um, <laughs> Those comic books, Twilight Struggle and Diablo, which I'm probably gonna sell, but you know Diablo 2 Battle Chest, so it's like back, you know, back when I was a kid playing video games, like I loved it. So all of this, and I paid what 20 bucks, and so it's just neat when you go somewhere and like it's your interest, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't happen all the time. A lot of times, I find things that just aren't like, yay, some costume jewelry. I'm not really into it or tools. Like ah, I like tools, okay, and I'm selling them; they're fine. But when it's like board games workout equipment, like my passions, and I'm getting it for good prices, like that's when it's like, that's when the high really hits, you know? And mm-hmm. you're like, this was a great day of sourcing. Maybe I didn't make as much money as when I bought a printer, but uh, I had a lot more fun buying the uh, the board game the comic books than I do buying a printer. So
0: oh, yeah, it, was, it yeah. was pretty good. Nice. All right, going along with that, you know, with negotiating, I've, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, thrift stores, I've always, actually, I think we had an episode where I mentioned like, Always negotiate at thrift stores. And I've been going to you know thrift stores and I've been trying to negotiate every single time and it's worked. Really? Like I don't know. Now it hasn't worked at the store that shall not be named. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, the they're, big box stores. Yeah, that's what you, whatever you want to call it. But some of the other stores the mega corporations. Like the other day I came across uh, it was a bunch of cleats new in box, and it's it's about football season, so it's about a good time to list them. And you know. It would have been better like three weeks ago if I came across these. But, you know, I this is also, you know, I had I had picked up stuff previously and made good profits. So and they know me. Here's the thing. I always talk about this. Be consistent. Make sure that people know who you are. One of the reasons I keep my beard, even though sometimes it's unruly, is that I'm noticeable. Yeah, it's Time to go, man. It's time to go. I I don't know. I I don't know. Comment below.
1: I know this isn't fair to you, Orlando, but I want to get the interactions up on the podcast, which is why I'm doing it. But uh, comment below. Should Orlando cut the beard or should he keep the beard?
0: Uh, The only problem right now is I just, you know, I haven't taken care of it as much as I should. So. Oh, is that what that smell is? I'm just kidding. Oh, hey, you know, anyways, that's a whole nother discussion. When you're sick and you can't smell things, like, you got to make sure you take care of yourself. That's right. So anyways, I'm good now, right? All right. Anyways. (laughs) <laughs> so going back to this, so they had all these cleats in their new box and I, you know, before I had, had made negotiations and I just said, Hey, you know, if I buy all these out, are you willing uh, to work on the price? And they were about uh, 20 a piece. And they said, uh, I just put those out. I can give it to you for 25% off. And I wanted 50% off. And I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me come back to you, right? Same. If you catch, I don't know what episode. There's a whole episode mini so that we talk about negotiating, where you propose the what you're looking for once, and then you don't say no or I can't. You just go away for a little bit and you come back later, right? And so, you know, I I was like, you know, at the end when I check out, my ask again and see if I can work anything out. So, you know, I, I went around, I picked up some other items, and then. You know, it was time for me to check out. And I said, hey, listen, I really would like to purchase these. And, and you know, she was like, well, let me check. And so she had talked to the supervisor and, and he's like, listen, I know you want 50% off, right? But how about if we land at 60% deal? Like, why, why would I say no to that? Right. I mean, that's a great deal. And so I want to encourage you guys like you can negotiate anywhere. You can negotiate even at the store that shall not be named. Uh, I've had deals there before. I think it's a little tougher. But here's the thing. Like any store, people want to move inventory and you're not taking away from that company. You're not, ta- you know, let's say they end up helping out, you know, other members in the community. Most of these thrift stores. Right. They are charities. You're not taking away from the charity right because in the end you're still making that sale they're able to move more inventory out on the floor and they're still able to make more money right so it works out for everyone so i thought that was interesting you know it it definitely has encouraged me to go out thrifting more because if i can negotiate and i can get even better deals like and it's not going to be like garage sale deals it's still worth it now here's another random story i want to share and i don't know if it's a story but i want it's a warning to the new sellers out there so what I'm finding lately, and maybe you've gotten this, have you had people accept offers and then they seem like they want to squirm and get out of the deal? Like they'll start asking you questions that are really annoying.
1: After they've after you've accepted the yes. offer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so here I'll give you an example. This is my latest one. Somebody bought a pair of shoes, and then this is the questions I got asked. The boots have been worn. How long have you had them? How were they stored? Is there any mold or mildew spell? Smell a uh, spell, they put spell, smell. Is there any chance of fungus? Were these stored in a dry place? Thanks. They were stored in a very wet, damp place.
1: These boots are full of athlete's foot. Prepare to have your feet very itchy when you, but yeah,
0: I mean. You'll get athlete's athletes foot. I guarantee it. That's, I mean, what am I going to say? So it's been about three to four days since they haven't paid. And I took a lower offer. I always find that when I take low offers, it causes me problems. So then they message me again today and they're like, I'm not sure if you're getting these messages. And, and by the way, I ignore these people. I don't reply. I don't say anything. I'm just going to let it go to buyer unpaid and move on. They said, you said you wore the shoes a few times, which I never said. All I said, I said is because uh, they're, they're like the soles are untouched. I said, uh, you know, new without box may have been tried on in the store. Okay. You, so that doesn't mean I wore them. You said you wore the shoes a few times, but I wanted to know how old the boots are. And how were they stored? Were they kept dry? Is there any mold or mildew or fungus or odor in the boots? I'm just like, "No, like stop." So, I always say this, just don't respond. Like if they if the purchase has already been made, like unless you really want to go down that road, but I find that those kind of buyers end up being a return or now, a cancellation. But well, I was going to say could the 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 other problem could
1: be if you don't respond they end up paying Now they could leave you a negative feedback for no seller communication, and on top of that, if they get it and they're like, you know what, this does have like they asked a question and then they get it and they complain that it—that's fair. Then it's like, well, you know, I asked you and you shipped this, and now I've got to do a return. Now you're stuck paying for a return or something. When so it might be worth if they've already Uh, made the the purchase. I would say I would ignore them if they're asking all those questions ahead of time and it's just not worth it. You know, if someone asks for size dimensions, that's one thing, but if they're yeah, when they go crazy like you know, can you smell the under part of the arm and is there, and it's like, all right, look, okay, this is, this is too much. I'm not, you're going to be a problem customer. I'm just not going to, I prefer not to sell it to you, but once they've already bought, I almost wonder if you're asking for problems
0: by ignoring them. Well, I'll add a caveat. Sometimes with those kind of buyers, I will message rarely. I'll say, Hey, it seems you're uncomfortable with the purchase. If you'd like me to cancel, please let me know. But I'm not going to answer all those questions. I'm not going to spend that time. It's not worth it to me. And you know, ultimately if it let's say it escalated let's say you know they're upset they go to ebay i find that ebay sides with me in the sense that they already purchased they asked the question after the fact my description was there the pictures were there if it smelled or if there were any issues i would have put that in my description and my 100 uh positive feedback and my top rated seller status ebay is gonna go like okay you know what we're gonna remove this feedback I, that's been my experience. And I know some people will say, yeah, but I've had negative feedback and it's and it never got removed. I understand that it does happen, but I'm going to lean in that direction. So that's where I'm at. All right. Before we get moving, though, to our important reseller topics, I do want to talk about one of the most important topics and one of our favorite or maybe or I don't know, one of our favorite sponsors, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Yeah. So AmericanBubbleBoy.com consistently delivers a great product it's fast shipping. So I, I mentioned this all the time, but it's the one I always buy. I buy the four foot roll, 750 square feet, two day shipping. And they're very good about it. Now you could get next day shipping depending on where you're at. They have locations throughout the country. You can even do local pickup. So AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Appreciate all of you that buy from them through our link below. Uh, and eventually, you know, that that's changing here pretty soon. So we're actually going to have a promo code here soon. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. But for now, the link is still available that you can use probably by the next episode. We're going to start talking about our promo code so you can go down that road. Uh, But again, helps us out, helps you out. American Bubble Boy ends up selling their products. But if you haven't yet, I definitely encourage you to go to AmericanBubbleBoy.com. The best bubble wrap out there. Go to the link below and uh, get a great product. Yeah, wrap up your stuff. Make sure it's protected. There you go. Now, hey, if you haven't yet followed us on social media, please do so. I've been mentioning this on our last YouTube that, you know, I always source these items. And I'm sure some of you are like, Orlando, are you really going to get as much as you said you would get? And I'm always big on go to our Instagram, check out Salt because I want to follow through. I want to be real about what I pick up. I don't want to just say, Hey, I'm going to make $200 on this. And then you never find out. Best way to find out is go to our social media. So if you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are pierce of podcast. We are also pierce a cast on Twitter and clubhouse. You could always give us a call. 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email. At pierce podcast at gmail.com. That's pure podcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to us on the podcast, I encourage you to jump on over to YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Smash that like button. Hit that bell notification so you know when our episodes drop. And as always, we always appreciate you sharing reviews. Uh, We're almost to 500 reviews on Apple iTunes. That means you better get in there quick. If you have not left a review yet.
1: Now, honestly, the five stars is great. Thank you to all of you who've given us stars. Ah, uh, but we have no way of knowing who you are and who gave us what stars. So we're at four
0: hundred and ninety five. Oh
1: man. you oh, by the time you hear this it might be too late. You might not be in the five hundred club. <laughs> so you you want to get in there. You want to leave that review as soon as possible. And uh, those of you who write a little something, I mean, it it's it's super awesome. We love reading those. We read all of them.
0: Uh, let's read two of them real quick. Let's do it because I, I love I love I, I just I don't know, I just agree. there's so much on here though. I'm gonna read I'm gonna read three real quick. three, okay cuz people spend the time to write these right i, I want to acknowledge that so this comes from Megan W lots of great information and it got cut off the other part it said i'm really enjoying listening to Mike and Orlando i find them funny and informative i'm glad somebody finds this funny kind of cheesy sometimes I, I, I tell my wife i'm funny all the time sometimes she believes me okay <laughs> they also seem like genuinely well-rounded nice men appreciate that uh, they aren't showy and their language is not full of cuss words which just gets a hold on another another podcast <laughs> i'm not throwing that out there but yeah we try to keep you sure uh they don't brag about their fancy sports cars <laughs> would i if i did i don't know
1: yeah riding around <laughs> in my 99 toyota forerunner <laughs> which seems
0: to be the male reseller youtube thing to do it's true though it's yeah. true that lambo flex instead mike talks about his fifth wheel and enjoying the simple things in life Rolando' is just too cool oh I'm just kidding. We're done with the podcast. Yeah. We're going to end it there. Officially cool. Somebody else said it. I have many episodes to catch up on my commute and look forward to it. Well, thank you. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. Thank thank you. you. All right. This comes from uh, one in Tennessee. I think it's a TN. Keeping it real. This is the most useful reseller podcast I've heard. These guys share their successes and struggles. They generously talk about best practices for reselling while maintaining a healthy life, work balance. Plus, they're just plain fun. Highly recommend very kind words yeah, super awesome thank you alright last one here uh, this comes from S. Berno, S-E-S-P-E-R-M-O says great podcast tons of useful information I am new to reselling only been doing this for about a year and this podcast has helped me avoid so many mistakes seriously that that's one of the goals like if you watched my last YouTube I shared a mistake I made and hopefully that helps some of you avoid that mistake <laughs> I love that Mike and Orlando share their losses and hardships so that their listeners could avoid doing the same. There's tons of great information being shared by these guys. Thank you for what you do and keep up the good work. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for all the support on the iTunes reviews. Uh, It really helps us out. And even if you don't catch us on iTunes, maybe on another one, you can still go to iTunes and you can find us and write a review for us. So thank you so much. Appreciate all of you. That's right. All right, Are we ready?
1: We're ready. Oh, um we're not ready so we're oh. ready we're ready but uh my sound effect you know i need a new app so i'm actually thinking about getting like an actual soundboard. i've been trying to figure out like the best one to get that has the the buttons programmed in uh so we could be a little bit more professional We'll, we'll throw some of that buy but, me a coffee imagine breaking news sound uh that's happening hit right it one now. more time are you sure yeah i'm sure it's not gonna i mean i could i could get it to come I, out but it, it you gotta like out. you gotta like it has to be pressed just No, no, it's not like he he, he needs an iPhone. That's what he needs. No, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a a bad app. You know. All right, all right. But hold on, hold on, hold on. I can, I can get it. It's just gonna take a second. Um, So,
0: so so in the meanwhile, Mike works on that. Here we
1: go. Breaking news: I had some technical difficulties, but I solved it because I'm a hustler, a pure, pure hustle, and that's what we do. And we're almost at 500 reviews. Breaking news is amazing. Orlando, take it away.
0: All right. So it's interesting that we're talking about, you know, podcasts and reviews. And and I wanted to make this a reseller topic because I really, I really respect these two individuals. If you haven't listened to Scavenger Life, they are the initial reselling podcast. Oh, they were, gee. they've been around, I think it was since 2013. Oh, wow. So uh, Jay and Ryan, uh, great, great couple. They, they've they been Awesome from the beginning. They used to be called eBay scavengers uh, when they first started. I've listened to all their episodes. And that says a lot because, you know, when you're a creator, you don't watch a lot of other people's content. You're busy. Right. And and one, you're busy. Right. And then at the same time, you kind of you're so much in your field. Mm -hmm. You like listening to stuff outside of your field. Right. Because you kind of need a distraction. Mm -hmm but uh jay and ryan you know and i try to get them on the podcast a couple of times but they're really busy they have a lot going on if 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 you ever listen to us jay and ryan or maybe you have we'd love to have you on even after the fact but they ended they had their final episode uh they went to 527 episodes wow. That's so that's a lot. That's that's double where we're at right now. So sure. so we'll get there soon. Uh, but, you know, they, they basically the reason they, they ended the podcast, they had stated that, you know, eBay is, is a smaller percentage of what they do. And here's the thing. This is what I enjoy about them. And why I encourage you guys to go back and listen to other episodes, because like somebody had said in one of the reviews, Mike and I aren't flashy. We're not about, you know. Showing you Lambos and and showing you know how much money we make and all this, we're all about documenting what we do. And a lot of you know, a lot of the keywords, even in the reselling community, like death piles and listen and forget it, it's from them. Like, they could actually trademark, like, they started that language and that whole discussion. They were doing this back in 2013, 14, 15, 16, when reselling wasn't like I find that reselling now is kind of cool, like, it's it's trendy. And and they were doing it. I remember uh, one of the things uh, Jay would always say is like, you know, he he can't believe they make some money selling old dirty shoes. Right. And they're also they were all about that financial literacy and that frugal life. I remember one of the episodes Jay had talked about taking a, a chapstick, a used chapstick and cutting off the end and still using it. And I'm like, hey, got to be resourceful. Right. Anyways, I just want to give them a shout out. I know they they may not listen to our podcast, but uh, Scavenger Life, you know, it was awesome. They started you know, they're both tech people and they were selling on eBay and they bought a property. They went out to rural Virginia. They bought a property and then they bought another property and made that an Airbnb. Then they bought another property and made that an Airbnb. And then they bought a commercial property in the town that they're at. And then they started selling coffee. So I think right now, one of the main things that they do is they sell coffee and they do Airbnb, but it's just awesome seeing that journey that it's possible to start with eBay and resell and bring in those other streams of income that Mike and I have always talked about that we do resell, but we have other streams of income and we're always trying to build more. That's part of entrepreneurship. And, you know, I'm kind of sad. I I miss listening to the podcast because their podcast, they kept it real, right? If sales were low, they always talked about that. They always brought up issues. They, they had their own robust uh, forum on their, on their website. So, uh, you know, Thank you to Scavenger Life uh, for being the trailblazers, bringing reselling to the podcast realm and just keeping it real during that whole time. So, you know, anyways, if you have not given a listen, you know, it's kind of funny that as a podcast, we're encouraging you to listen to another podcast. But again, we're a community and they're real and there's valuable stuff all throughout their episodes, just like you can find valuable stuff in our episodes. So kind of sad the scavenger life is ended but I uh, just want to give them a shout out real quick that's right all right so cu- and that cu- being said just a uh, perilous podcast
1: has no intention of ending anytime soon so i know there was some <laughs> people don't. who are a little concerned when scavenger life ended and then we took a week off it kind of bad timing on that but uh, we're going strong we're we're sticking we are. around we we need to make it to the thousand club on our on our reviews. So uh, Wow. Yeah.
0: I haven't heard Mike say those kind of things. That's right. Here's the, we are the, the number one reselling podcast out there. We are the most reviewed reselling podcast out there, and it's because of all of our awesome listeners. So appreciate every single one of you. All right. So some reselling topics here. It's kind of hard to go from that plateau and like, all oh, right, let's talk about some so dull drum news. Hey, so I always encourage people to use eBay's global shipping and also use eBay international standard delivery. And this is why. So right now, as a result of, you know, things that have been going on with the sickness that has plagued our world, uh, there's no more USPS shipping to Australia. But per eBay, eBay is still willing uh, to do... They, they're not still willing. They still have a some kind of, you know... I don't know, relationship with the post office that you can still sell things to Australia. Now, the reason I say that is I get a lot of good sales to Australia, global shipping, right? Australia, I think they just started Amazon. Maybe I'm wrong. Those of you that are from Australia, we have a, a lot of Australian listeners and let us know, but they don't have as many platforms to buy from, right? eBay, I think, is the main uh, platform. And so if you haven't done global shipping, make sure to turn that on. Make sure you have international standard delivery because there's a lot of good sales that go to Australia. Right. So, when's the last time you can't even remember last your last Australian sale? No, I mean it I put get you them. on the spot right now. I,
1: I get them every uh, a couple times a year. I'm. I, usually good money. I, yeah, I mean any any global shipping sale is usually a higher end item. Uh, but yeah, so it's that, that's a big uh that's a big part of the world you don't want to cut yourself off from. And so, utilizing the tools you have available to you is is definitely a good thing. I mean, it's hard to get. I mean, uh, you've got one. Australia is an island, right? Like, like it's kind of, it's on its, it's own a continent, Mike. Well, yeah. sure. it's, 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 it's kind of surrounded. <laughs> so it's, it's harder to get things there. So if, if, if it gets more difficult, if your options of getting things there get less and less, but you're still able to do it through eBay,
0: that's a win. Agreed. Agreed. Now talking about shipping. So we've talked about pirate ship a lot. And if you haven't been using pirate ship, there's so much money to be saved uh, with cubic shipping, shipping to Puerto Rico, they also have uh, simple export shipping, which is if you want to ship to another part of the world. And sometimes you can't ship through global shipping or through eBay standard delivery uh, because eBay doesn't ship certain places. Pirate Ship does. And here's the thing: I want to encourage you guys to use simple export because Pirate Ship works like eBay global shipping in the sense that they have their own sorting center. So you ship stuff to LA, and then they take care of the rest, kind of like eBay. You ship to Kentucky, and they take care of the rest. Now. I thought this was interesting. So we talked about this in the previous podcast, uh, how shipping rates were going up for the holiday season. But there's something interesting that they sent out uh, to all the people on Pirate Ship. They said, we've got a secret way to help offset these increases. So don't tell anybody, but we'll be adding a new carrier with super deep discounts to Pirate Ship on October 3rd that could help offset this increase in the nick of time. Unfortunately, we can't share any more details until then, but rest assured, it'll help you save a ton. You'll be able to start shipping with them instantly. Stay tuned for more. Info soon. Who are they currently not shipping to? Can you do FedEx through FedEx No, you or? can only
1: do USPS. So yeah, I wonder if it's UPS or FedEx. I mean, we're we're only guessing at this point. I, I would hope it's, it's one of those. DHL. Two. Yeah, I'd I'm hope joking. it's on DHL. Um, so but yeah, I mean that's that's some good news. I mean, we just kind of gave out the secret. Man, they were they trusted, they trusted you with
0: that secret. No, they sent that email to everybody. I'm I was like, what? But here here's why I'm encouraged by this is that. Sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll go you'll on eBay, you'll end up, you know, you want to ship something out. And they do have a great you know deal with FedEx, you know, especially when it comes to like uh, home delivery and second day air. And they do have a great deal with UPS. But sometimes you go to pirate shipping, you can get that better deal, right? I had talked about in the previous podcast, I shipped out something to Puerto Rico for $120 less than it would have been on eBay on pirate ship. It's a lot of money to be saved. Right. And so, you know, we do know over the holidays that slowdown is a real thing, especially when it comes to first class. And so if if Pirate Ship can get you a deeper discount than eBay or maybe just creating that competition causes eBay to negotiate a better deal is definitely worth it. What I like about Pirate Ship, too, is that. It it's just I don't know it's just all self contained like it's it's import you can import your listings from eBay it's real simple you don't have to do any tricky stuff and remember I also sell like for example on Bonanza right and on Bonanza I find that I ship all my stuff through Pirate Ship and it's cheaper for me to go to Pirate Ship so it's nice because if you sell on other platforms you know you can only do USPS on Pirate Ship but now let's say they open up FedEx that's going to bring in a lot of savings. So, keep an eye out. If you don't know about Pirate Ship, go to pirateship.com. We are not paid by them. I've tried to get them to sponsor us, they haven't, but it's okay. We want to be real. We want to be able to share things that will help you make money and help your bottom line. So, check that out. All right. Here, here's another thing I, I had mentioned this before. So, to me, Amazon is the way to go for Q4. Right. And you're still, we're still in that sweet spot right now that if you haven't done anything Amazon, and now is the time to learn. But Amazon, the latest is that they are extending like their fleet of prime air so much so that they're going to be competing even more with FedEx and UPS. Remember, they had that relationship with FedEx. And then I truly believe they just used it to try to learn what FedEx was about. And now they do their own thing. So yeah. they're a logistics company. I mean, it makes sense like that they would be able to do the transportation
1: of their items well because they do the storage of their items well because that's what they are. They're a logistics company that knows how to utilize information well and to create, you know, systems. I just... Maybe this is just me personally, but as it is right now, when I buy something on Amazon, I hate when it comes delivered by an Amazon driver. Like, I feel like... I feel... Well, what's been your experience? Well, and maybe it's partly because of like the... Like I, I have a, a basic... It's not a P.O. box, but it's like similar to a P.O. box things go okay. to. And so their timing... It's always different, right? Like I know pretty much guaranteed if it's coming through UPS, when it's going to come. If it's coming through FedEx, when it's going to come. If it's coming through the post office. If it's coming through Amazon, they might not show up until 10 or 11 at night. And the store that takes my stuff is closed then, right? And so their, their timing is way off. Also when i before i got a a a box that i had stuff sent to and i was you know in like a normal house as it were i would say almost every time something got shipped to the wrong place like they would give it to a neighbor across the street i mean one time that happened where it was an amazon driver they dropped it off at a house across the street and i never talked to those neighbors before they're you know i've never really they were like a catty corner a ways away and they took the picture. I mean, luckily they do that sometimes, but they took the picture of them dropping it off. And I was able to like determine based off of the plants, like what house it was. I was walking oh up and goodness. down the street and I'm like, so I didn't knock on someone's door and like, I think you got a package that belongs to me. So I, I haven't had the best experience, but again, part of that was they were hiring like people part-time to like drive their own vehicles and drop stuff off. Now, I guess it's a little bit better probably if it's uh, actually, you know, one of their prime trucks. And so they, they're they're probably a lot better now than they were then. But I just hope that it's not the same thing with the airline, that they've got it figured out first before they start doing this. Next thing you know, it's like, well, you know, airplanes
0: are late. Well, I'm just, I'm encouraged because last Q4, the problem was that Amazon had so much delayed shipping that it did help. If you sold on eBay, you were able to ship things out faster than Amazon could ship things out faster. So hopefully this Q4, they end up being the king of shipping. And so if you have FBA, your stuff is going to get there on time and you're just going to end up making more shows. So keep an eye out for that. All right. So I thought this was, I wanted to share this. This was an interesting one. So Ikea now has a buyback like program. Hmm. So how many times have you gone sourcing at garage sales and there's Ikea stuff? Yeah. All the time, all the time. Right. And you usually don't want to pick it up because either you don't have the space for it or you know, it's like it might take a while or maybe, you know, it's, whatever, there's multiple reasons. Well, now IKEA has a buyback program. Now, part of their buyback program, let me explain it real quick, how it works. Start by filling out the form below. So there's a form that they have to get email a quarter of your buyback value. Please bring a copy of your quote, buyback number and your fully assembled furniture to IKEA. Uh, oh, wait, this is a different, it's a town. So this is this is a pilot program. So it may not be in your town yet. Uh, where a co-worker will assess your furniture's buyback value in person. When you buy back, you will get store credit and your furniture gets a second life in the as-is department. Hmm. So the reason I bring this up is, hey, if you're constantly coming across IKEA stuff, you have an ability to quickly offload that IKEA product. Right? And if you like IKEA items, I ikea is one of those things that i think they have some good stuff and then there's other stuff that just takes way too long to build well one, yeah well one of the things with ikea is it's cheaper stuff
1: usually because one you have to build it yourself mm-hmm. and you and it's not most of the time i mean they have some higher end stuff but most of the time it's not the highest end stuff like i always figure like ikea can only make it to like one move if you're lucky you know even moving around your house sometimes the furniture kind of gives out so i i almost wonder if like what what is the buyback value going to be because if yeah you find a dresser that's an Ikea dresser that costs a hundred dollars new in the store and you buy it for $10 at a garage sale, is the buyback going to be $15 for this item? You no, know no, I, 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 know, I like, know, I don't know. I just knows. thought I'd throw it out there. I mean, it's cool. It's it's an, an option. I mean, that might even be that potentially could be a job for somebody, right? Basically you've got a truck, you're driving around, you're picking up people's old Ikea stuff and taking it in. It's like, it's like people who uh, recycle, uh, you know, junk metal and stuff like that. Oh, there's I recycle, a of stuff. I recycle uh, Ikea. you You have ikea i will come pick it up or
0: there's people that like they pick up i I know a guy that picks up washers and dryers all the time on craigslist and he either picks them apart or he refurbishes them and he sells them again on craigslist right so there's a way to make money all right this next story so there's two reasons i'm sharing this story so we we do have a reaction video coming eventually about the whole video game world and what's going on uh and which uh, you've probably caught it it came out a couple weeks ago but we want to you know have a discussion about it but uh yeah, this is crazy. So, again, this is why I think we're never going to see video games at the store that shall not be named. So, this actually happened. So, the store that shall not be named. Okay, in case you don't know what store we're talking about. We're talking about Goodwill. They dun, ha- dun, dun, I know, I just said it. They have an online platform called Shop Goodwill. And somebody donated a new and sealed Legend of Zelda NES from back in the 80s. Right, So I'm at Chop Goodwill right now, and I'm looking at it, and it sold for $411,278. 200, 411, well, look at the shipping price on that thing. Yeah, the shipping was $1,000. So did they... I, I don't know why. I mean, maybe they flew it out to the person. I don't know. I've, I'm always a big believer. If I have a sale that's in the several thousands, I will fly out to the person. That's just me. I'll get it notarized and everything. I think it'd have to be like... Well over twenty thousand for me to do that. Really, it'd have to be like three to five thousand for me. I don't know because three thousand dollars, man, you're gonna eat all your profit. I have, I, I, but you I have miles. I have miles. I have Southwest miles. Eh,
1: maybe
0: it, it's worth it. it. It's worth it to me. It just for so I can sleep better. So I mean, it's pretty legit. I mean, it's sealed. But he, here's the thing. Right now, right, this video game market is insane. It's insane. And the fact that somebody actually went to shop Goodwill. I mean, this is something that would be bought like on Sotheby's or heritage auctions. Uh, and this isn't even graded. It's just the game sealed. But here's the thing. Keep an eye out. Make sure you know the platforms. Be aware. Uh, you know, understand that, that this is going to be harder than anything else to find right now. Like I have my trigger set on OfferUp and Facebook Marketplace. I never get hits, right? And most people are aware of this, but do, do understand, like, be aware that these items are still out there. You can still find these items. You just have to get to it before it gets to the store that shall not be named, right? And how can you do that? Uh, Mike and I have talked about, we got this idea from Primetime Treasure of putting ads. Right, putting ads on Craigslist, putting ads on Facebook Marketplace that you're looking for certain items. Your goal is to get... Like the other day, I was on, I was looking for garage sales and it said, if these don't sell, I'm just going to donate all this to the store that shall not be named. It didn't say that on the ad, but you know. And I thought, why not get to that person before the garage sale ever hits and say, hey, you know what? I know your goal at the end of the day is to get these all to the store that shall not be named. Why can't... Why? Just let me buy it all out. Right? You don't have to set up in the morning. You don't have to get up early. And and you are that person before it ever gets there. So, anyways, and keep an eye out. You never know when you're gonna find this out. I can't believe this. Like, I think I had like three versions of this game new when I was a kid. Cause you know, sometimes a cartridge, like things messed up. Just crazy. All right. That is our reseller topics. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right. Now before we move on to our next favorite section, there's something I enjoy doing that makes my life simple. It's using Skull Shaver. Yeah. So, if you don't know, we're talking about skull shaver. We need to bring it out again. I haven't brought it out in a while, but it's very simple. I don't need to see, you know, your dirty school. It's not keep it clean. Okay. It's the platinum. We got to keep it nice. My pit bull, nice and shiny. So easy gives me a very close cut, almost razor, but it's really simple. Great battery life. Uh, you can use it in the shower. You can use it dry in your car when you're on your way to work. Uh, I've done that. I've been driving in the road. <laughs> Somebody had mentioned in one of our videos that they they just laugh at seeing you like using it while multitasking. Oh yeah, man. did you see that comment? I, I can't I remember know. that comment, but it was pretty funny.
1: But it's true. Oh like, no, yeah, it was because I used I I brought the skull shaver uh, when my wife was in labor.
0: Yes, I, that's what it was. I didn't know
1: how long we were going to be in the hospital, and I want to make sure I've got cleaned up. I mean, there's going to be people taking pictures of me holding the baby. You know, I don't want to have a bunch of scruff on my head. So yeah, the 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 mental image they got is like. Her pushing and like me, you know,
0: push, count. I'm counting down one, zzzz. two, and I'm
1: getting, got to keep but it But that's
0: how versatile and that's how awesome Skull Shaver is. So if you haven't yet, go to Skullshaver.com, the link below. Use our promo code PURE to get a discount. Great product. I use it every other day. I don't use it every day because I don't need to. It gives me such a clean cut, but I do like the very close uh, shave. And so I use it every other day and it's super easy to use. So again, Skullshaver.com, promo code Pure P U R E. All right, are you ready for our next segment? Yeah. We're going old school with this one too. This is one of our original recordings of it. Nope. If we can get it, oh man, we are. We need to get that soundboard. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna.
1: So if, if one of the reasons we ask people to support us on like buymeacoffee.com is when I got to buy like a soundboard to to make better stuff. Uh, so we'll just do it.
0: Uh, bolo. And then my part is, what's your bolo? What's my bolo? All
1: right. So my bolo. Is And we've mentioned similar things like this before. Should we explain what BOLOs are? Maybe we
0: have new listeners.
1: Yeah. So it's a a term that is be on the lookout. So it's things that you should be when you're at garage sales, thrift stores, retail arbitrage, types of items you should be looking for, specific items. And and with our BOLOs, we try to be both generic and and specific. So sometimes we give you like, this is the brand, the model, the whatever. And other times it's, here's a a category and what to look for in that category. So uh, for me manuals and specifically mm. car manuals. Now, what's really good about car manuals. So I, <clears throat> I sold just recently like a 1998 Sebring car manual, right? And the reason why these sell, and you can usually pick them up really cheap. A lot of times at estate sales or garage sales, state sales, I usually do really well, especially if it's somebody who's, you know, got several cars and they're, they just got a bunch of car manuals because if people are going to be working on these, and a lot of times it's like parts they need, you know, they want to know how to do certain things on it. And if it's an older vehicle and it's not really popular, like a car like mine, I have a, a 99 Forerunner. There's like a cult following for some reason with this model car. Cause I mean, they're good cars, mm-hmm. but we didn't know when we bought it, like how many people like that year of car. So it's not difficult to work on that car because if all you, oh, you have to do is search online and there's tons of information, but if you've got a 1998 Sebring, or whatever, like there's probably not a huge dedicated community to working on that car. So the manuals become very valuable. And again, you you can pick these up, you know, 25 cents to a dollar and they often sell for 20 or 30 bucks. And so they're easy to ship, I ship them media mail, uh, even manuals for things like sewing machines, Uh, any kind of manual to something, if it's older does really well, especially if, like I said, it's specific to a type of model now it might be a long tail item. I have car manuals that have been listed for a couple of years and they sell every so often um because you got again you got to find that right buyer, but if there's not a community of people teaching you how to work on that car, then you're going to have to buy the manual and they're not in print anymore. So, you go on eBay and you find your manual. And and that if I needed something like that, like a manual for an old car, Ebay is the first place I'm going, right? Because I know somebody's mm-hmm. got it, so it's the perfect item to sell on eBay. It's low cost, does not take a lot of room, and they're easy to ship.
0: Yeah, you can you can buy like stacks sometimes. Like oh, yeah. it for like ten cents a piece. Yep. yep. So interesting that you brought that up because mine is kind of the same thing, if it's different. So I, I'm also a teacher. I, do, I still teach once a week. Uh, I teach a few groups here, and I'm always looking for certain documentaries. And so when I was a when I was a history teacher at a school. You know, I had, we had our department office and we had our department budget and we'd buy all these documentaries and I always had them. Right. And now that it's just me, like, obviously I couldn't, when I, when I left my, uh, the place I had taught for so long, I couldn't take those documentaries with me. So I found, I found over the last year that like some of these documentaries, they they don't stream them. Like you would think that everything you can stream, but you can't stream everything. Some things are just on VHS. And so. You know, as I'm sourcing, I'm always keeping an eye out eye out for hard to find documentaries. So, for example, I had sold one. It's called Five Hundred Nations. Uh, it was Kevin Costner. And this is when he had the Dance of the Wolves movie. So obviously, they made him those. And uh, you can't find this everywhere. And I picked up for seven dollars, and I sold it for fifty, right, new and sealed, right? Because people are looking for it. Uh, I, you know, do you remember that old show on a History Channel called Best of Modern Marvels or Modern uh, Marvels? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you get the whole set, like you used, you can sell it for like 140 bucks. Nice, right? One of my favorite documentaries is uh, by PBS called Eyes on the Prize, it's about the whole civil rights movement from, you know, all the way from Emmett Till in 1954 through, you know, the 1960s and the passage of the Civil Rights Act and Voting Rights Act. That one is all on VHS. I think you can get on DVD, but I picked it up for $5 and I've sold it for 120 news. So here's the deal, teachers, they sometimes need documentaries, and they get this like you've had this right, The spark. Like it's like, well, you go to bed early, but you know, I get the spark like at midnight. I'm like, you know what? It would be really great if like I could show this documentary, and you start looking. You're like, where is this? Like, I See, can't. I'm find not a it. history teacher. History oh, teachers. Okay. History teachers. Um, I always
1: joke around. Like, I know, I know. Really all they do it. is just
0: you know show movies,
1: right? <laughs> like. It's easy. I mean, I know you do other stuff, but uh, there's there's not I show much. quality
0: programs that do a better job than I could at times. That's why. Yeah. So, so you don't even need a you don't need to be a history teacher. You just need to have a bunch of documentaries. And you're good to go. Anyways. All right. So I'm always a fan of make sure you have expedited shipping set up for some of these documentaries because I've had it where, you know, it's I have my class on Monday. And then like, you know, the week before like I'm planning for the next week, it's like Tuesday and I'm like I really need this and it's not streaming anywhere, but I want to show it on Monday. Well, if I can find somebody on eBay who has expedited shipping and can get it to me by Friday or Saturday, I'm going with that person. Right? I want that documentary. So, keeping out for a hard-to-find documentary is always worth a look up. You just never know, you know, what they're going for. And again, always remember that like teacher budget, it depends on the school but they're willing to pay a little more because it's not coming out of their own pocket. It's coming out of their budget. And so they're willing to pay up for expedited shipping or for a higher price. So definitely keep an eye for that bolo. Okay. All right. What are you looking forward to?
1: Um, so we've been talking kind of behind the scenes about some stuff we might do with the uh, YouTube channel. And so I'm excited over the next couple of weeks to, uh, to, to, to mess around with some stuff that we might be doing. Or to kind of help the podcast and do on YouTube. So if you're not following us on YouTube yet, if you're just listening to us on the podcast, at least go over and subscribe to us on YouTube uh, because there's going to be a lot more things being dropped and more things being you know put up. And if you haven't been watching our Friday episodes, our Saturday episodes, and our Monday episodes, you definitely don't want to miss those. So um, I'm kind of excited for that because uh, whenever I feel like whenever we do something new for the podcast, it's 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 fun, it's exciting. So. Uh, Stay tuned for that, and make sure that you uh, you subscribed if you haven't subscribed yet. What about you? What are you looking forward to?
0: I got a few things. I'm looking forward to getting back to normal. I, I'm I'm pretty much at normal yet. I'm gonna start listing, you know, today. So that that'll be a, a, it. You know, it's kind of nice not listing, but gotta get back to normal. Searching for Amazon. I you know we're getting to Q4, and I've been trying to hit that holiday you know selling requirements to be able to sell things, merchant fulfilled, and. remind it always reminds me of the velocity like i can sell 20 to 30 items on amazon piece of cake as long as i have it in stock and the rankings low super quick and so you know i'm looking forward to that i'm looking for those items and uh you know we'll talk about that we didn't talk about the reselling topics but i really think this q4 if you're able to find certain items i and due to the fact that you know there's issue with cargo and shipping and supply chains it can be very profitable. And so, you know, uh, I wish I had talked about this before, but uh, I saw I saw somebody else had mentioned about like being careful about Amazon and, you know, how they take down things because the pricing. Always remember, if you're the first person to find a certain toy or certain item, Amazon's going to use your price as the guide for everybody else. So if you list it low, it's going to not allow other people to list it for a higher price. So be aware of that. Usually when things get knocked down, it's because people are trying to sell it for way over what it sold before. So be aware of that when you're sourcing. Okay, that's a n- little side note. But I'm looking forward to sourcing for Amazon. And, and here's the other thing. I, I kind of, I don't want to do this, but my hand is being forced. So last two Q4s I've always rented, last five Q4s I've rented vehicles. This last Q4, I rented a cargo van. And I got a great deal for that cargo van. And I know Mike has always suggested I buy a cargo van, but I really I don't want to. The reason I don't want to is I don't want to deal with repairs. I don't want to deal with any issues. It's kind of nice of renting it, and if anything happens, I don't have to deal with a headache. It's also kind of nice that once I'm done with it, I can walk away, and you know that's it. I don't have to worry about I don't have to about registering it. I don't have to worry about California about smog. I don't have to deal with any of that. But here's the problem: rental car prices are through the roof. But at the same time, so are used car prices, right? So I'm, I'm really stuck. Like, should I buy a cargo van? I know it'll help me out with my taxes later on, but should I buy a cargo van? And if I'm going to buy one, am I, am I going to be ripped off and regretting it in a year because prices are going to go back down? Or is this just the way things are going to be? Right. And so I'm kind of stuck. So I'm going to have to start researching that or the next, I, I do have a couple of individuals. I know people that run auctions. So I might buy one at an auction. Can you imagine if you'd have bought one uh, back when I told you to buy one? Probably oh, I know. To go right now. I'd probably flip it though. That's the thing.
1: Hey, still, you know, popping.
0: it's funny because like my Honda Pilot, like I, uh, I got in an accident and they, they, they paid me out. And uh, at the same time, I had a lot of car company. you know, you know how Honda like they'll send you letters or I get calls like, Hey, we'd like to buy back your car. Right. Because right now, like if oh. you have a used car, it's worth money.
1: Yeah. I, I, when I hear uh the advertisements on the radio, because at my school, sometimes in the morning, the PE teacher will have uh the radio playing and there'll be like commercials about like, come bring in your used car and we'll give. And I'm like, Oh, my goodness, They're ripping people off right now, so bad because if they were to sell it on their own, the prices of used cars are just
0: unreal. I right know. Now. So my car, so I took my check, and from the accident, and I didn't even fix like part of the bumper, I mean, you know whatever, I, I don't care. Like the car doesn't look too bad. Uh, and I ended up using that cash for other other things. But, you know, I, at one point, I thought about like fixing it and flipping it. But I'm like, no, it's it's just it's not worth it because right now, if you have a used car, especially with the idea that chips right now are in high demand and there's a breakdown in chips for, there's just cars sitting out uh, in lots that don't have chips in them that they can't sell. So anyways, we'll see if I get a cargo van, stay tuned. I'm going to call the rental car company that I rented from last year and see if they'll give me the same deal. If they give me the same deal, I'm not going to buy a new one just because I don't want to deal with that headache, but we'll see what happens. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in. So glad to be back. Looking forward to being consistent all over again. Thank you for all your support. And as always, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Late Peace.